My name is Rick Martinez and I'm a retired truck driver. This happened when I was like 30 years old and I am now 62. On the road I've seen many strange things and I've told this story over and over. And yet, a lot of people don't believe me. But it starts off in Stockton, California where I picked up a load of pipe. My destination was Salt Lake City, Utah, and I was supposed to refuel in Barstow, California at a truck stop. But lo and behold, they were out of fuel. So I told my supervisor, hey, I got half a tank of fuel. He told me to continue and hit the first truck stop I seen. So, 100 miles into Nevada, nothing but desert seeing nothing but sparsely lit desert with a couple of towns when i noticed my gauge set was reading empty i'm thinking that's not right so i took the first exit i saw and pulled over i told my supervisor who was right behind me an hour away that i was afraid to continue on and run the tanks dry so he told me to sit still and that he would be by in an hour and he could siphon some fuel from his tanks into mine. So I sat there and I noticed that it is a small town with sparse lighting. As I sit there, I couldn't run the engine so I couldn't listen to the radio and had to sit there in silence. I don't do drugs and I didn't make this up so listen carefully. As I'm sitting there, I notice a lot of undone construction. A trailer parked to my right side, completely dark, and a church off to my left about a block away with its lights on. It's about 2am and I see this jackrabbit hopping around my truck. It hops around and just stares at me and keeps hopping around. So, I'm getting hungry and I notice what looks to be a convenience store about another block away from the church. So I get off the truck and decide to walk to the store. While I'm walking, I keep hearing this dog howling like it's in pain. As I'm passing the church, the two doors are wide open and I hear clapping like they're having services. As I pass the church, I look inside and there's no one there except for this skinny white old man reading from the Bible and talking about hell. I don't linger too long and I pass the church. Then I heard the clapping again. About then, the dog starts howling again. I then notice there's a bunch of empty houses on this street that goes up the hill. Still, I am making my way towards what I think is a little mini mart. All the time, I still hear the dog howling. All the lights are on in the mini-mart. As I go inside, this little old lady with glasses 
is reading a book. There's hardly anything in this store. Maybe a few cans of food and a couple of bags of chips and only water in the refrigerators. The whole time, the lady didn't even pick her head up to see I was in the store. So, I grab a water, a bag of chips because I'm hungry as hell because there's nothing to eat, and I ask the lady, is this all you have? And where's everybody at? She told me everybody moved out, and new construction was supposed to begin like six months ago, and she didn't say anything after that. So I paid her and walked out and started walking back towards the truck. The whole time, the dog is still howling. So as I got closer towards the church, I looked up the street towards where I heard the howling from and decided to go see for myself. There were houses on both sides of the street, all boarded up and dark, but I did see one house with lights on, with about a five foot fence. When I looked over the fence, I was in shock. What I saw was a man in his underwear with a chain attached to his neck on all fours, howling. The hairs on my arms and neck stood up as I saw this other man burst through the back door kicked a man on all fours and was yelling at him to shut up. He ran into a doghouse. I was in shock and turned and ran back down the hill to my truck. As I passed the church, both doors were still wide open, but there was no lights on anymore. However, I still can hear the clapping. I finally made it to my truck, called my supervisor and told him what I saw. I told him to hurry and get here so I can leave. My supervisor asked what exit I took and I told him and he said, oh, I passed that. He had to turn around and come back to get me. So I'm sitting there and the rabbit from earlier is still hopping around my truck. It stopped and looked at me as I'm sitting in my truck and I'm not saying that the rabbit said this, but this is what I heard. Leave. I rolled up the window and waited for my supervisor who showed up five minutes after I told him all about what happened and he just laughed at me and told me that he was going to have me drug tested. I did not sleep on that whole trip to Utah until I got to Salt Lake City. Believe it or not, I swear that this is what happened. What do you all think that was? Was the jackrabbit that came around the truck something sinister? According to one comment on this reddit post, one user thought that the jackrabbit was a skinwalker, 
something that's apparently very common in Nevada. If you haven't heard, skinwalkers originate from the Navajo culture. They are known to be harmful witches that can shapeshift into any type of animal. These skinwalkers were once known to be peaceful and well-respected healers, but unfortunately, end up choosing to use their powers for evil. To even become a skinwalker, you had to do a really cruel task such as kill a close family member, tasks that would get you initiated into a secret society and also grant you shape-shifting powers. It's said to never look a skinwalker in their eyes directly because if you do, they can take control of your entire body. If this is what that rabbit was, it's a good thing that the truck driver didn't lock eyes because he probably would have never made it to Salt Lake City had he done so. I'm not sure what that road was that the truck driver took, but next time I drive to Vegas, I will definitely be on the lookout and make sure that my gas never gets close to empty. Well, looks like we're getting a call. I'll get back to you all soon after hearing this next caller. Uh, hey, Mad Mike, uh, this is Kaylin. Um, I want to share my story of this house that we previously live in and have been living in for about four years now. Um, I live in Indiana. Um, I'm not going to specify which town. But um, we've had some really weird experiences here. Um, one time I was watching my little brother by myself. Uh, he was playing his video game in his room, and then I was in my room. And all of a sudden, I felt like a little kid hand grabbed me. And I turned around and nobody was there. So I was confused as like if it was my brother. I didn't hear anybody run. He didn't have enough time to run and then shut the door without me hearing it. I went in there. He was just playing his game. He did not come in my room. The next day, um, things kept moving around. We would find TV remotes where they would not be, should not be. Um, lights would be on when they should be off. Um, the night my uh, parents were in their room and they heard a knock on their bedroom door. They ignored it, you know, thought, you know, maybe it was my brother. They called, nobody came. Heard another knock, three knocks. And then my dad opened up the door and right beside him on their bedroom door, three knocks. And this kept going on and day and night, day and night, day and night. And one night I'm laying in bed and I wake up because I hear the floorboard creaking and 
I look up and you know my door creaks open a little bit and there's nobody there so I shut my eyes to try and go to sleep and all of a sudden I hear more footsteps and my closet door creak all the way open and I thought it was just my imagination I thought I was tired but when I opened my eyes my door was all the way open there was an outline of a little boy there so me screaming and running to my parents telling them everything and then after that my parents and me started seeing images of a little boy everywhere but luckily we're uh, finding another place to live um thank you for letting me share my story Wow. Thanks for calling in with that creepy encounter with the little ghost. I can only imagine how terrifying that was. Something that forces you to look for another place to live. I really hope you have found peace and that that terrible experience is left behind for good. It is always the worst when you encounter a spirit that follows you for the rest of your life. Before we continue on, please listen to this next message. I volunteered after Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. There was something there that still scares me to this day. Anyhow, I volunteered almost immediately thinking I would help those who have lived through Katrina. That was not the case. There were a few of us who were assigned, once the water started to recede, to find houses that had dead bodies in them. If you've ever had to do a body recovery, when it has been lying around in the heat and the water for days, sometimes weeks at a time, you know how it smells. It does sort of smell like any other dead carcass, but worse. I can't explain it, but maybe somehow sweeter smelling. Anyway, the key to not vomiting when you smell them is Vicks in, under, and around the bottom of your nose. It doesn't keep all of the smell out, but enough so that you can at least tolerate the smell. We had to go to each house and go inside in wading boots and look for bodies. Many of them washed out to sea, but some were still in the houses they had lived in prior to the hurricane. If we found a body, we spray painted a big X on the outside of the house. This other guy and I had been doing it for a while, and we got assigned to each other almost every day. We got a long okay and he didn't puke at the ones that had been gotten to. However, we came up to this one old shack. I say shack because it was pretty run down in what had been a very, very bad neighborhood. Right away I got chills down my spine. 
I knew there was something really wrong. Not like find a body kind of wrong, but chilling kind of wrong. New Orleans has certain areas that just give off these vibes. And my understanding is that there is a lot of voodoo practiced in certain areas. Anyway, against everything my body was screaming at me, we went into the house. The first thing that I could smell was a body. The second was something almost earthy and mold. I looked at my partner. I will call him Jay. He was white as a sheet. I could tell he was getting the same feeling that I had been getting. It was obvious from the weird bones hanging from the ceiling. I would bet my money that there were cats. That something odd had been going down in the house. As well as strange beads and carvings in the bare wood in the walls. We went into what was a kitchen. And there, chained to a beam, was an old lady or what was left of her. She had chained herself by her wrist to the beam, her guts falling out on the floor. The creepiest thing was her face, still looked as though she was alive, staring at us with a wicked smile showing only partial teeth. My skin started crawling as the goosebumps spread all over my body and my neck hair stood up. Suddenly, I heard the most unearthly cackling noise I have ever heard in my life, and my fight or flight kicked in. Jay and I noped out of there. We quickly painted the X and literally ran to the next house. Now I don't know if that old lady had practiced voodoo or whatever, but that scared the ever living crap out of me. It still gives me nightmares. The people I feel sorry for are the ones who had to take that crazy lady out of there. Jay and I discussed it that night after we went back to the hotels north of there. He had heard the cackling too, but we both said it had to be the wind or something. That was a weird sight. What do you all think happened in that house? Although the poster of this story mentioned that a lot of voodoo is practiced in the area of New Orleans, there is a common misconception that voodoo is primarily an evil practice mainly due to mainstream media demonizing the religion. While a lot of people visit New Orleans for a nice po'boy or bowl of gumbo, or maybe to throw some beads at other people for a nice show, there are some people who visit to see believers who practice voodoo as a way to reach neglected spirits, old loved ones, or even sometimes to seek protection from evil. What happened in that house may be something entirely 
different and sinister. Something that involved sacrifice. Something we may never really know. We will now go on to the next caller. I'll see you all when the story is finished. Yeah, so I was about 12 years old, and uh, I was chilling at my friend Anthony's house. He's like my best friend out here, and uh, we, we spent the whole summer together. And um, we, I spent the whole summer at his house, at his mom's house, and this was in Marietta, Georgia. And um, so there, me, and, me and Anthony were, like, together into the paranormal uh, at that age. We were, like, 12 and 13. Um, we, we did, like, ghost hunting by ourselves. Like, we never really got real results. We just did it for fun. But uh, one time... I was in his house, and I was sitting on the bed, and I was sitting on the edge of the bed reading a book, and uh, my friend Anthony was in his mom's room down the hall, and uh, he, like, his mom was talking to him about something. He'd been in there for like 10 minutes, and so I'm looking down at the book, and the doorway, the door's open, the doorway is in my peripheral, and out of that peripheral vision, I just keep seeing the shadow that's like darting back and forth really quick, like a dog or something that's super excited back and forth really quick and so I kept looking and I kept looking back up from my book and looking at the uh, at the door trying to see what it was and there was nothing and so I, it, it went on for like five full minutes and I, out of frustration almost I, I finally like, put the book down and stared at the door and then all of a sudden this this black mass just appeared in the center of the doorway um, literally just, just no form just like a mass of like a shadow I couldn't really see through it um and all I felt was like cold man like that's all I felt from it there was no not a lot of fear at first I was more paralyzed because I had no idea what I was looking at um but yeah man like I was just paralyzed and cold I finally started kind of screaming freaking out when it faded away because it faded and then all of a sudden it dipped back into the left of the doorway, out of the doorway, into where, like, a, just a wall is. When you turn left out of the door, it's just a wall. So it zipped back into the wall. And I'm literally just frozen. I'm just paralyzed, trying to figure out what the heck I just saw. And um, at that point, I just kind of broke down, started screaming a little bit, freaking out, crying. And his mom and Anthony came running in there. And his mom was always super nice to me. You know, she was just like a real mom, so she, she kneeled down and she's like, hugged me. She's like, what's wrong? What happened? What happened? And I, I, all I said was, I saw something. I saw something. And she said, oh, was it a black mass? And I was like, oh, okay. So she knew what I was talking about instantly. She, she told me all about it. And I, I have a hard time remembering what she was saying uh, about what, she, what, where, what I saw and what we all saw. And uh, she said it was like an evil entity or something like that. But I was just too freaked out, man. I was, wasn't listening to anybody. I was freaked out. And um, so they, that whole family was used to seeing spirits in that house. And uh, I wasn't. Like, to this day, I'm not into seeing that again because it scared me more than anything else I've ever seen in my life. It scared the hell out of me. And I take it very seriously. And, uh, you know... So, yeah, that's it. That's my ghost story, man. I love your podcast. I love the new podcast, man. I really appreciate your work. Keep it up, dude. Have a good one. Thanks for calling in, and thank you again for your continued support. 
It's pretty interesting how you stated that this spirit can walk through walls. I read something about how spirits walk through walls because at one time, these parts of the walls were once doorways the spirit would walk through when they were alive. It could be possible that what you experienced was a residual haunting, which is essentially a haunting that happens over and over, just like playing something on repeat, which could explain how the mom knew about this spirit as well. It is unfortunate that they had to get used to this sort of phenomenon, but it is a bit comforting that you didn't experience it alone, that you at least had people who could back up your claim so that others wouldn't think you were crazy for having witnessed something so paranormal. We will now move on to the next story. This one is about a girl who got too drunk and encountered a close call with several guys with bad intentions. Make sure you are all staying safe when drinking and make sure to keep your real friends close whenever you go out. So this happened when I was 19 or 20. I'm 31 now and I rarely drink or go out anywhere. But last weekend, a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in a couple of years asked me out. And we ended up going to a club on the same street where this story takes place. And this just reminded me of it. Legal drinking age in Brazil is 18. So people here start partying pretty early. And let's face it. No one really knows their limits when they start drinking. My friend and I had gone to this club. I honestly can't remember the name now, but I know it closed down a couple of years back. And we had the greatest time, and the sun was coming up as we were leaving. Most clubs here give you a credit card when you walk in, where you either put in the money you plan on spending, or they work as a personal digital tab where bartenders add up what you're drinking and you just pay for it on your way out. I pay for my stuff and I sit outside to wait for my friends who were taking a long time to get out, probably due to being drunk as fuck. And as I'm sitting there, I notice a car across the street, two dudes on the front seats, one out of the car trying to make this clearly drunk out of her mind girl get inside as well. She's mumbling, stumbling, struggling to keep her eyes open, and she's saying, No, I don't want to go. Over and over, shaking her head, clinging onto the car door, as the guy keeps telling her to let go and get inside. That, they're just going to a friend's apartment to drink some more. It'll be fun, come on. I watch, wondering if I should do something. If no one else is seeing this happening, I look at the club security guard and he just looks at me and shrugs like it's not his responsibility. I look back at the girl and I'm really uncomfortable, but also scared. My friends are still nowhere to be seen. I'm alone and the security guard is clearly not going to do anything. And there's three guys. What if they decide to try and get me too? 
the girl says one more time that she doesn't want to go with them. And before I realize what I'm doing, I'm getting to my feet and shouting, Hey! The guy stops trying to push the girl into the car for a moment and looks at me. She said she doesn't want to go, dude, I say, starting to make my way across the street. Even though my hands are shaking and my voice is probably not the most convincing. She's our friend, just drunk and being cranky. It's all good, we're just taking her home, he says. He seems a bit nervous and not exactly angry, which makes me feel a little bit better and less scared. Do you know them? I ask her, and she just shakes her head, no, using the door as support to keep herself on her feet. Creep number one, the one who was trying to push her into the car, looks at me, then to his friends who seem frustrated, but starts saying, come on man, let's just go, let's leave it. Creep number one, now looking a bit pissed, grabs the girl and pushes her towards me before getting into the car, and they all leave. The girl nearly falls on her face, but I grab her and we walk back to the front of the club, my heart slowly going back to its normal rate. Only then I realized that my friends had come out and were watching everything from across the street with confused faces. We all meet random people at clubs, at the door, walking down the street, so they probably thought I met someone. I started asking the girl what happened, if she's alone, Where's all her stuff? And she's just a mess, mumbling about losing track of her friends, her purse. She doesn't even know how she paid her tab to leave. I asked the security guard for help, and he said he can't leave his spot. He can't do anything. I explained what happened to my friends, and they talked to the hostess about it, who begrudgingly goes and checks the lost and found. Her purse is thankfully there, minus the money she had in her wallet, and we managed to call her parents. I talked to her mom, because the girl can't explain anything, and I promise to stay there until the mom comes to get her. 30 minutes later, the mom arrives, and I've never seen someone look so relieved and terrified at the same time. She thanks me and my friends profusely and offers us a ride home. But, as we lived in the next town over, she just drove us to the subway station. In the middle of all the craziness, I forgot to exchange numbers with any of them, so I've never heard of that girl or her mom again. But I hope she learned to be more careful with how much she drinks or who she talks to in clubs. Also, Shame on her friends for not looking out for her, or trying to find her when they realized she was missing. Though maybe they were all just as drunk as she was. Who knows. I know what I did was probably a bit reckless, but I wouldn't be able to just watch that car drive away and live with myself. Please be safe when going out people, and make sure you watch your liquor, and look out for your friends.
Okay, so recently I was diagnosed with diabetic, and my dog Keegan had passed, I should say. So a couple nights ago, I first I first um saw his appearance. I would guess right by my bedside. So I was sleeping and. I woke up that night a lot. I was really cold and all that stuff. Um, I look, Like the second time I woke up, I looked to the side of my bed and I saw a shadowy figure of a dog. I thought it was one of my other dogs, but then I looked closer and I saw it had the shape of my old dog and I reached out to touch him, but he just faded away. I was I was scared to death by that. I tried to fall back to sleep. I eventually did. It's a couple nights later, um, and I saw it again. And at the same time, I also saw my sister. Like, I heard my sister struggling. Must have had a bad dream, you know? But, like... In the morning, um, she said to me, I saw Keegan. He was crawling up to me. He went right up to my face and just looked at me and faded away. I was paranoid by that. Um, if, I don't know if I'll see him again, but this really paranoid me. Before that, when he passed away, I'd had these very terrible dreams of everyone dying and misery and sadness. I have been depressed for a while now, um, and I miss him so very much, wishing he could just come back. I I fall asleep every every night seeing him, at least in my dream, or when I wake up, um, and it's really scaring me. So if anyone has the same experience, please share. Thank you, and um, yeah, goodbye, I guess. To the caller, thank you so much for opening up and being brave enough to share your story. I'm really sorry about your dog and it's unfortunate that you had to relive the pain whenever you see the dog's spirit. Losing a pet can have a strong impact on someone, just like losing a human family member. There have been countless people who have claimed to have had encounters with their pets who have passed away. This next story closely resembles the last story, which is about a boy and a dog, a dog that only he recalls existing. Please enjoy and stick around after the last story for more details on how you can submit your very own story like all the callers on this podcast. I'm not a religious or spiritual person per se, 
I believe there's usually a logical explanation for the weird things that happen to us. But this messes with my head and makes me seriously question my own sanity. If there are people out there who have experienced something similar, I would love to get in contact with you or just anyone who might have an explanation. I had a dog when I was a kid. He was a black shepherd type breed. I called him Cam. I remember walking this dog, playing with him, feeding him, and even taking him to the vet. He often slept in my room, chewed on my stuffed animals, and would sometimes wake me up with his snoring. One time he bit me real hard on the ankle after I tried to break up a fight with another dog. It left a pretty big scar. I needed stitches and a shot afterwards. Countless memories for years and years. Much later on, I would try to recount some of these memories with other members of my family. And not a single person knew of this dog. Our family never even owned a dog. We were a cat family. None of my neighbors or friends owned a dog fitting the description. I couldn't believe it at first and went searching for proof, pictures, old toys, anything. I found nothing, not a thing. Even though I remember taking pictures with this dog, not just me, but with the rest of the family. There were no toys. Even the stuffed animals he used to chew on didn't exist. Even though I actually have separate memories about some of those plushies as well. The one thing I do still have is the scar on my ankle. My mom, as most moms are, was always well aware of any new injuries and knows every story behind every scar I ever got until a certain age. But she has no memory of this scar and it's still a mystery to her today. I can't explain it. The memories of my dog Cam are still very real, but there is no proof he ever existed. I don't believe he was imaginary. Imaginary friends weren't really my thing as a kid, and to be honest, I always suspected the dog liked my sister more than me. What kid imagines a friendship like that? I've heard people say maybe the dog died at some point my family lied about it to protect me, but I'm convinced that's not the case. Sparing feelings isn't really a thing in my family, and they know how much this whole thing messes me up. I remember exactly what Cam looked like. The sound of him barking, the color of his eyes, the hanging tip of his right ear, the shine in his fur after I brushed him. I remember the time we took him to the vet because of a busted nose after fighting our cat. And I remember dressing him up on my eighth birthday to match my own outfit. I remember taking him to my room to sleep next to me after I watched a scary movie. And I remember my sister once shaving his tail and legs because she wanted to turn him into a poodle. But I don't remember what happened to him. I don't remember him dying. I don't even remember missing him at some point. I just kind of forgot. 
And it makes me sad. If Cam was never real, where did all these memories come from? After hearing this story, I can't help but think that this is some sort of glitch in the Matrix, which is a term that originates from the movie The Matrix, in which characters living in a world that they deem to be reality discover glitches that give them the notion that they are in fact living in a simulation. Although I'm not sure whether the dog in the story was actually a glitch, there have been many people who have claimed to have been in relationships or friendships with people who did not exist. What do you all think? Are we living in some sort of simulation? It truly makes me wonder every time about what happens when we die and where did we come from? And I sort of go into this deep hole that's very hard to get out of. Well, this will cap off the stories for today. And if you all would like to call in with your story, which could be a ghost story, it can be a strange encounter, scary experience, or whatever, I would love to hear it and feature it on my next episode. You can call the Scarecast hotline at 213-320-0390. Again, that's 213-320-0390. Also, please follow me on Instagram at MadMikeHorror for updates on when I will be releasing new content and also about any new podcast merch I will put out. If you have a story but don't want to call in, feel free to also send me stories via email at MadMikeHorror at Yahoo.com or via DM on Instagram. You can also add me at Mad Mike Horror on Snapchat or add me on Facebook at Mike Madsen. Also, please make sure you all check out Shudder, the sponsor of this episode, and don't forget to use my promo code. All the information will be available in the description of this episode. I hope you all enjoy your Halloween, and I will get back with you all with some great tales in November. Until next time.